Today I'm introducing you to my friend Susan Eustace. Susan is up in New England, sheltering in place with this coronavirus, and I'm jumping in to ask her how she's doing. Susan, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm having a really good time with the grandchildren. So you're staying in place with family? Yeah, they, they live here, so we're all together. And everybody's healthy? Everyone's healthy. Okay, are the kids bouncing off the walls yet? The, the kids are doing homeschooling via me. <laughs> with you? I'm the teacher. <laughs> are you really? How do you like that? Oh, I love it. I, I've done a lot of teaching in my life. I'm trained as a teacher, so it's easy. Oh, good, good. And it has to be special to watch your own grandchildren learn. I'm fascinated with how little minds work, so I can imagine the joy. Oh, it's wonderful. It's all in the family yeah. right now. A lot of people are working from home now, and I was on a conference call or a teaching seminar yesterday where we were talking about creating new team experiences working from our remote locations and that's a big a big deal you know people adjusting to having their their children at home in the house while they work and it seems to be the consensus that it's okay to hear a little background noise from the children and see one zoom in the background yeah that's the way it is these days <laughs> one company is even setting up a work from home with their children day where their children will actually come to work with them online and have some specific projects that are suitable for them to participate oh, nice. in. So I think the more we embrace this, the better we are. I think it's going to bring some pretty good changes. What do you think? Um, what changes are you looking forward that might stick with us that will be good? Well, I'm looking at the voting, you know, I mean, I think that it's going to be a huge advantage to be able to vote from home to use the cell phone to vote. We have this wonderful technology. We're seeing people use it now like they never have before for work, remote working. And I think remote voting, is its time has come. We use it for banking. The, we have wonderful security already in place hmm. for remote banking. And that can be the same companies that are doing that can apply their technology to voting. And I think that's going to bring vast uh, improvements in efficiency for everyone. If you get stuck in line, maybe you're sitting on your couch watching TV or doing work instead of standing there uh, outside a school building. Well, I should introduce you further. Susan Eustace is actually the one who invented the electronic voting machine. Was it in the early 1960s? Uh, the late 60s, yes. The late 60s. And I was selling voting machines. I was selling the mechanical machines. And everyone I called on, all the boards of selectmen here in Massachusetts, in New England, Connecticut, New York, they all said, oh, this is an electronic age. Why are we doing things the old-fashioned mechanical way? And so I took that to heart and, and designed a, a voting machine. And I used the the technology inside the old mechanical machine that had been developed by Thomas Edison. And that was all done with straps and, and connections. And I just took those connections and mimicked them and put them into electronics. That's how invention often is, isn't it? We don't yeah. just like out of the blue. We build on other ideas and other working ideas. 
take what's good already. You know, I was thinking about, about you and I was thinking, now this is going to, it's going to seem like a weird association, but you're reading all of these stories about people who survived the Spanish flu and now they're surviving the coronavirus. I was thinking about you in terms like, here's the woman who offered the electronic solution to voting. And now she's the same woman who's going to offer us the blockchain solution to voting. I think that would be so cool. I hope that happens. I feel, I feel pretty happy to have the opportunity to do it again. I bet you do. I, bet. I really do. <laughs> so you have been interested in voting and the integrity of voting then for a long, long time. Oh, sure. I grew up with it. My father worked at the company that, that built mechanical machines, and it was part of our dinner table conversation. And he'd talk <laughs> about the thing, the shenanigans that went on in Louisiana, <laughs> well, Chicago, Boston. <laughs> well, some people would think that maybe we have shenanigans going on today or potentially. So how do you think this coronavirus is going to change voting this autumn? Well, the GBA, which you're familiar with the GBA, is developing a set of standards that can be used for cell phone voting, remote voting, and that's going to be available for people to buy, to share, and that's a very solid start. And then some of the members are developing, actually developing a voting machine company that will go out and and, and implement the standards that we've put in place. And we're well along on that. We're ready to do demos to anyone that wants to see a demo. I would love to see a demo. You know I'm interested in blockchain. That's how we met, right? Sure. We can do do a demo. One of the reasons to use blockchain and one of the things that makes remote voting possible is that blockchain makes fraud detectable. Anything can be hacked. The paper ballots can be hacked. You know, that's the voting machines can be hacked. Anything can be hacked, but what you need is something that makes the hacking detectable and you need poll workers from two opposing parties or from opposing parties watching it so that when the fraud is detectable, they see it and they complain. That's right. That audit trail, right? And when you have an audit trail that can't be hacked, then you've got a good solution. Yeah, the blockchain shows the attempt to hack. Yes. That's why you need a blockchain. Do you think that people are going to be afraid to go to the voting booths this fall? Oh, sure. We're going to continue to have coronavirus risk until there's a vaccine, until there's a cure. You know, I was just watching Bill Gates this morning, and he says it's 15, 18 months, two years out. So, yes, I think in November we still have the risk. And that's concerning because this seems to be one of the most important elections that we've had in a long, long time. And we need to make sure that we each have a a chance to use our voice. I believe in fair elections. Let's have fair elections. How will remote voting or online voting or blockchain voting solve problems like gerrymandering and different things like that? Is there a solution for that? No. (laughs) The geographical boundaries are defined by the legislature. So if you want to affect gerrymandering, you have to elect people who don't believe in gerrymandering. (laughs) You know, it just depends on the makeup of who's in the legislature to get that changed. And a a fair election can help, you know, if you you really make sure that the people who are running for office and that most people voted for get in there, then, then that's a good thing.
You sound so smart. <laughs> but I guess if voting has been uh, your interest in, in decades, then that's, that's something sure. we can learn from. But maybe I should rephrase my question to you. I'm thinking of the electoral map. Yeah. And we have our phones and our voting app. Will that still count towards the precinct or the district that we are voting from? Yes, I believe very, very firmly in local elections and in the fact that we have a system based on who is your neighbor, who will recognize you when you come into the polling place, how to prevent fraud using a local system. Mm. And, this, and the cell phone system that we have designed leverages our local voting. That's an important consideration is how it's going to integrate with what we have going for us and is familiar to us right now. One thing that I bump into when I talk about blockchain voting with people, and especially since the Iowa caucuses, is the pushing out of an app too quickly. Mm -hmm. You've been in technology for a long time. How confident are you in an app that you might be presenting now that it could be uh, reliable for the 2020 election? Sure, the app that the, the group, uh, there's a group within GBA and we invite everyone to join GBA. GBA is a really good organization and the, any elected official can join free. Anyone can join. We, we think this is a very good place to, to be heard in terms of not just elections, but any use of blockchain. And the blockchain can take us forward with really good technology, but what we've done is find a partner, someone I've known for 40 years, uh, that has a company that's been doing financial transactions securely for 40 years. Okay. And they're gonna use the same technology to use ballots, to collect the ballots and throw them in the blockchain and get them counted. And, you, or, or, and that's, that's a whole lot different from what they tried to do in Iowa. This is, this is a proven, tested 40-year technology. And, and I agree with you. you. You just don't want to push something out there too fast. Right. Well, it was a question Terrible. that needed to be asked. And thank you for that good answer. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, we think this. We think that you can jump up and down on this thing, and it'll, and we're inviting the states, starting right away, starting this week. We're inviting the states to do take us in and and test and approve the system, okay. and run as thorough tests as they can possibly think of running. And there's enough time to do it now before November. If we get to November or October and people begin to realize, oh, there's still the Corvinus around. I, we're not going to have an election. It's not going to work. We have to start testing now. We have to get the, the new systems out. And, and we have one that's very, very broad, can be used by almost any, anyone will have access to a, a phone or a device that can work with this system. Excellent. So you're going to provide me some information that I can share with everybody about how they can participating in your test, how states can get in touch with you. And I am going to reinforce your plug for the GBA. It's um, an organization that I am also a member of. GBA is a really solid organization 
uh, doing a lot of education and research here in the United States for the adoption and use of, of blockchain. They're located in Washington, DC, which is where I believe you met me. Mm -hmm. and, They're all over the world. Yes, and I think the last count was it 120 countries working exactly. yeah. with the idea of working within the regulatory systems somehow. You know, it, it remains to be seen how in each individual instance, mm -hmm. per app, per government, per organization, but they are out there doing the work. So we'll put their contact information there too. Yeah. Susan, do you have any good hints for coping at home during this coronavirus? I have gone back to looking through the boxes and pulling out things that I used to love. And I think, oh, I can't throw this out. I might want it sometime and digging through some of that stuff and reliving and enjoying things that I, in my ordinary busy life, I never get a chance to look at. And it's been very rewarding. One of the things that I've done is say, oh, I think I should frame the drawings of the children that they did when they were little. I would like to have those on my bedroom wall. I don't, I have space there. And I think it would make me feel very happy to frame the drawings and put the drawings up on the walls. You know, I mean, now I have the time to do that. It's just tiny little things, but grab some of those and, and try to go back through happy moments and stay with the happy moments. <laughs> For a lot of reasons, the happy memories, children's drawings just are just full of creativity and story. I, sure. I think that's a great idea. I might even copycat you on that yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, we studied it one time when I was in school in Montana and we decided that the children were the most creative. The children's drawings were the best <laughs> of the best, that the, the true artists are the ones that were able to go back to their childhood and grab things and do it in a creative way. And the children have that naturally, all children have. And they haven't had the restrictions learned or taught yeah. them yet. Right. You know, those those uh, well-intended, here, let me teach you how to be creative. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. People, right? But I also like the reminiscing yeah, part exactly. of it all. That's almost like being grateful for the life that we've had. Exactly. You know, you have to pull out the good things in life, no matter what happens. I know, I went through a divorce. It was so sad. And and I, every day I tried to live with the happy moments, the happy kids, you know, the happy, I couldn't leave the sad stuff behind. So Susan, I'm really happy to be talking to you today. Let's do it often. <laughs> we should. I, you know, we talked about doing that. I have those photos that you sent me in, and I wonder if I could share a couple of those. Sure. In this. And that would be some of the history of Susan was actually doing the work of developing the electronic machine. Before we say goodbye today, I'd like to take a minute of silence to just reflect on the seriousness of this situation. Togethering, because we will get through this better when we get through it together. <laughs>